Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited. I'm here with my best friend, partner in crime, Dr. Sonia Jensen. Thank you. We're uh, we're here, we put the kids to bed, Mm -hmm. and um, we're we're trying to make some time to record some more of our podcasts together. And we've realized the format that we'd like to do is have a chance for connection with just her and I to touch base on maybe something that's been coming up for us over the last few weeks or months and then have, a, have an amazing guest in between, right? So here we are, we're, we're, it's a Monday evening, a Tuesday evening, and put the kids to bed, and we realized that uh, one of our core teachings, especially, I mean, Sonia's a master at this, uh, probably because she's practiced a whole lot more than I have, and that's a topic of vulnerability. So we're gonna, we're gonna get into some myth busting around it, we're gonna discuss how we relate to it in our own lives, and maybe some tools that you can take home with you. Yeah, I love this topic. And, you know, in the, on this topic, I'm actually not super into doing a podcast right now because we just put the kids to bed and um, feeling a little bit low energy from being with them all day. But I wanted to show up and do this with you. So thank you for creating the space. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I mean, right before we started recording, she's like, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny all the little moments that come up in life that, that remind us of vulnerability and just sort of speaking to the discomfort of the moment. And, you know, you said it as well. It's like, it's one aspect is, is appreciating, you know, how you're feeling. But the other aspect is also knowing that contribution is such a big part of your life, Sonia, and, and you hate not showing up. So, yeah, I feel like it's my um, purpose in this world. So when I show up in, in this way um, and being vulnerable, then it gives other people permission to do the same. And I feel like the more we do that with each other, the less we have to wear the masks, the less we have to create these identities that are our own and we're carrying them around like this heavy weight. We can kind of shed all of that and actually be our true authentic selves. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the reason we got into this topic as well was we actually listened to a a recent podcast on uh, London Rio with Seth Godin. And he was kind of talking about you know, when people put themselves out there, you know, whether it's maybe it's your first time getting into a business on your own or maybe in a relationship or whatever, but he was kind of talking about uh, authenticity and vulnerability. And, you know, I like to think that I show up authentically, you know, in relationship and, and, and as a doctor and as a parent. And when he kind of shed some light on it from a different perspective, it was quite illuminating. He said, really, the only time we're authentic is in the first few months of life maybe the first couple of years of life we're just constantly just taking in our environment we're just being raw with our emotions and 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 realizing our need to our mother and 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 our father plays a role obviously too but just needing that that safety but but be able to sort of explore with curiosity mm-hmm. well we're also we're taught at that age to not be vulnerable 
Mm. And we're going to go through the myths because what happens is when you're vulnerable, you're having a toddler tantrum Mm. or you're not listening to your parents. You're not obeying the rules of the household. So when that's happening, you're constantly being told no. And like the finger starts getting wagged at you. So in those moments we learn because we're learning so much and we're sponges at that time. So we're learning that being ourselves and being vulnerable actually isn't safe. Hmm. Challenging, right? Yeah. So how do you think that we can actually show up authentically then in our later years? Or, or do, you, do you actually agree with what he's saying that, that maybe we're only really authentic before we have acclimatized to our environment? What do you think about that? I think once you have the awareness that the beliefs that we have, the identities that we carry, all the things that we know to be true in quotation marks need to be questioned, I think then we kind of get onto the path of vulnerability and the positive path of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Because then we're questioning what the status quo is. We're questioning what the belief systems are that have been passed down to us because we didn't uh, create those. We learned them from the moment that we came out of the womb. We learned even within the womb to change our phenotype, to change how we're going to look and behave and all those things so that we can fit into the tribe. So our whole lives, we're doing everything and anything to fit in. And the moment we become vulnerable, we're not necessarily fitting in fitting in anymore. And this is especially true, I think, for men, because mm. one of the first myths that Brene Brown talks about with vulnerability is that it's weakness. So if, you know, young boys, if they're crying and they're being told, man up or buck up, um, don't cry, that's what they're learning to put vulnerability to the side. Mm-hmm. So, so do, I, I do feel like there's a, there's a connection between authenticity and vulnerability. And so let's, let's discuss this first myth a little bit about, you know, like you said, man up and, mm-hmm. and you know, don't, don't show that emotion that you're feeling and, um, you know, it's a weakness to, to show your vulnerability. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit because it is so ingrained in, in what it is to, to grow up in the world that we're living in. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you got to be tough, you got to be strong, you know, depending on your, your growing up environment. Um, and is there, is there a role for that, to be tough, to be strong? Like, like you said, to fit in the tribe, like maybe mm-hmm. that is sort of necessary and then we need to unlearn it like what do you think about that yeah I think what you just said right there is to unlearn it and then to recognize what or your what your authenticity actually is so there's many situations where young kids have to put on masks to survive there's many scenarios that we're put into that create these boundaries and barriers and walls that support us in those moments and I think as adults we can start recognizing what we can let go of and I think that first initially you were talking about you know when you start a business or you're doing something new and you're trying to be vulnerable with the people that you're trying to support I think people are coming from an authentic place because they truly want to help Mm -hmm. but then that also becomes a part of the story or the identity that we've now created. Now, now this story we're not going to let go of Mm -hmm. because now this is what's creating or anchoring me into creating this business for myself. Mm -hmm. So I think there's so many different angles that you can look at. Yeah. And it's interesting because when it comes to business, there's usually an agenda, right? Mm -hmm. We're doctors. um, Our dream is to to be a doctor and not need to be a doctor to support our family. And, you know, and 
wouldn't that be great to to not have an agenda to to and you know our agenda you know in my heart of hearts is is true and authentic because I do genuinely want to help people and I want to make sure that that we're leaving impacts and supporting our kids and and supporting their future and and teaching health and hopefully I, like I genuinely want them to be healthy you know there's there's an aspect to to that that's absolutely true and we're still business owners so authentically like we want to support more people that that helps us that helps the patients that helps their family that helps their kids and and it and it perpetuates this desire to to serve and it also serves us mm-hmm. you know it be because it is a business too well it goes back to the why it goes back to the intent and then there's an energetic exchange mm-hmm. that happens with that so I think this topic specifically is really important to us because we're parents to two young boys. And so we were just talking about um, that myth of vulnerability being a weakness. Like we're, we, I think you do a really good job of showing vulnerability so that they learn that it's okay to feel, that it's okay to express, it's okay to be yourself. So hopefully when they have their own ventures as they're growing up, that they will show up authentically and be vulnerable and feel all the feels and also have the capacity to create boundaries and not get stepped on too. Yeah. Well, how much of this do you think is coming from just the change in energy and consciousness? Like I've, I'm thinking back to the middle ages, you know, again, I don't know what it was like to be alive back then, but I'm imagining like you had to be kind of tough in your environment, you know, like even ancient India, there's always like, it seems like there was wars going on and you know, kids were getting recruited at a young age to be in, you know, in the army or, or be, to have some sort of capacity as a warrior, you know, um, and then, you know, you move forward, or, I mean, it's going way back, but our parents' generation, they moved through, or maybe your grandparents moved through depression, went through challenging times that, you know, had to put your head down and work. Our parents' generation was all about, you work hard, right? And that was part of their identity. And then now the generation that we're in with our kids, it's kind of like, like how much do you think things change as a result of like global consciousness? Well, I think before even going there, then we should define what what vulnerability is. Because Mm. what I'm hearing from the undertone of the examples that you're giving is that first myth, that it's weakness Mm. if you're vulnerable. It's it's almost confirming that because what is being said is that if we're vulnerable, then we can't be strong and fight for ourselves or survive or do those things. But I think what the understanding now is, occurring that you can have that. So I'm going to read something that um, Brene Brown wrote in Daring Greatly. Um, So just a little paragraph here. So it says, in the song, Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen writes, love is not a victory march, it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. Love is a form of vulnerability. And if you replace the word love with vulnerability in that line, it's just as true. From calling a friend who's experienced a terrible tra- tragedy to starting your own business, from feeling terrified to experience liberation, vulnerability is life's greatest dare. It's life asking, are you all in? Can you value your own vulnerability as much as you value it in others? Answering yes to these questions is not weakness. It's courage beyond measure. It's daring greatly. And often the result of daring greatly isn't a victory march as much as it is a quiet sense of freedom mixed with a little battle fatigue. Hmm. So I think, yeah, so it's interesting that you gave all these examples because it's been indoctrinated in us to mm-hmm. think of vulnerability as being, as being weak. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being parents to two boys, you know, again, there's this 
undertone of wanting them to be strong and wanting them to, you know, if let's, I'm just imagining like, say there's a bully, I, I want them to be able to um, just know themselves deeply so that they, they won't be affected by, you know. Or they can kill them with kindness. <laughs> Even better, like, like again, like those yeah. are the things I want them to, to be able to appreciate or, or know that within themselves, they're still okay despite, you know, th these pressures around them. Mm -hmm. right yeah i think adversity is important i think um i was listening to a podcast today on like adaptation and flexibility and mm -hmm. all of those things and how even plants outside need the stresses of the weather in order to be strong so i think our kids need to experience some adversity to figure those pieces out but what can happen is when you go through adversity you can either build up a wall or you can recognize and have the right guidance so so you can feel feel through what the experience is and understand that it's okay mm -hmm. to be angry. It's okay to feel all those things. So instead of moving into shame and guilt and all those things, you try to elevate that into some sort of a victory that you've overcome something. Kind of like our youngest um, went tubing this last weekend and he <laughs> fell in the water, which I was frightened of. So I couldn't even watch him do what he was doing. I mean, he's four years old, or five, five yeah. years old. And he, all of a sudden, I, I um, called my swagger. <laughs> yeah, well, I can tube. I fell <laughs> in the water, got back up. <laughs> I was laughing with my sister. I'm like, yeah, he, he came back with lats. Yeah. Right? He's like walking <laughs> with his arms out now. So like that adversity for him yeah. now created this like courage and this. Almost like a character. Exactly. But if we took that away from him, he wouldn't be able to. And like he was in a vulnerable position of like mm, safety of safety. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, too, because the conversation that came up for him was he was better than his older brother. Right. Right. He was better than his older brother because it's uh, kind of our, our oldest, our eldest son. He was feeling scared, you know, of this tubing experience. And when we got him on the tube, he, we were going quite slow. And uh, he was he was pretty rattled on that tube, and so Soren kind of came out, you know, victorious as a victory march, like you said, with his Soren calls it the invisible lat syndrome, where his arms are kind of swaggering beside him, you know, despite there not being these lats to, to to bolster those arms up. He was walking with a swagger, and he came to the realization, or or felt compelled to communicate that uh, he was better than his older brother. Right, so then we um, had to shift that a little bit so that the older one could be okay in mm -hmm. his own feelings of being, and he, he's quite brave, I've noticed, um, our oldest, he has the courage to feel, yeah. like if, and, and the courage to say no. To speak up. To speak up and to be like, no, that's not an experience for me, I'm not gonna do it. And you know, there's an element of like wanting to push them a little bit so that they, gain experience and understand that they can be victorious at the end and but also honoring the boundary that he's putting up for himself mm -hmm. and he's being vulnerable in that where there's you know his brother younger brother and cousins are doing this thing and here he is not wanting to so he's vulnerable in that position as well mm -hmm. but he owned it yeah and he transferred over to helping me drive the boat and and dumped the boys and girls off the tube so right. <laughs> he channeled that energy into something else mm -hmm. it's quite remarkable Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's myth number one. Mm -hmm. I think that, that that was explained quite well. So mm -hmm. let's go to myth number two. So myth number two, um, once again, in Brene Brown's book is I don't do vulnerability. Hmm. So what does that, what does that mean? 
What does that mean? So when I hear that, um, I feel like it takes it back to myth number one of the, that weakness. So if I do mm -hmm. vulnerability, I'm no longer safe. If I do vulnerability, I'm open to receiving criticism. I'm open to feeling pain. And that's something that as humans don't necessarily want. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that too. Like I think of, you know, always wanting to be seen in the best. Like this is one of my weaknesses I guess or my vulnerabilities is that I always I want everyone to like me you still um put weakness and vulnerability there you in go. the same isn't that funny so obviously I'm still working through it <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that uh -huh. so we one of my one of my awarenesses that I've had about myself is that I really want people to like me and there's this almost need to go out of my way so that I can please others. Like, I think that's maybe a, quite a common trait for a lot of people this this wanting to please and feel accepted. And, uh, and part of that is like showing yourself in the best possible light. So you don't do vulnerability because if you do vulnerability, then people will see your weaknesses, you know, you know, those quote unquote weaknesses, and then you might be seen as less than how you want to be seen. So help me break down, or maybe even for those that, that have felt that before, you know, because the strength is in the vulnerability. The strength mm -hmm. is, is in showing up despite your inherent, you know, inconsistencies or, or maybe where what's, what you perceive as a weakness, but what in fact could be a great strength for you. So how do you like, how do you move through that, mm -hmm. that understanding? Well, I think first is recognizing that it's an imprint that's been like in the psyche of men. Mm. for many many generations like what you were saying in the dark ages you had to fight and you know other generations um men being the ones that were the ones bringing like the money home and women being the nurturers at home before it kind of created this role where vulnerability wasn't an option because you had to fight to survive outside of the, the house or the household so resilience um was necessary and so i think the second myth is more to do with that um that resilient mindset, which is great, but it can also be taken to this other extreme of like, um, I don't do vulnerability because I'm resilient. I can get through anything. Mm. Yeah. Sonia and I talk a lot about our, our, our sort of orientation of positive and negative mindset. And it's sort of, I think it plays into this a little bit because I typically orient to the positive mindset, meaning that um, I'll always look for the, and hope for the, the best possible outcome. And, and like, I'll, I'll hold that so strongly because I don't want to pay attention to the negativity because I feel like paying attention to the negativity, it's kind of like a vulnerability, you know, that might come to pass if I, if I choose to spend time in, in not seeing the best possible outcome and then explain negative mindset. I swim in it. <laughs> so a negative mindset is very protective. Um, it looks at the gaps and is really good at recognizing what's not working um, where the shifts need to happen. So there's polarities to that too. We can either just sit in it and feel fester. depressed about it, fester about it, worry about it, or you can see it and then elevate it, which can be a real gift. And like both sides have the, have different gifts. So there's um, these two elements that both of us have, which I think can create balance and permission for the other to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, and breaking this down a little bit more, I think that, you know, when, when we, like, understand, you know, what we maybe historically is perceived as a weakness and chose not to move into, you know, 
I've learned a lot from you, to be honest. Like the, there's something called mirror neurons where we sort of like, we, we pick up information from watching, observing other people, facial expressions and whatnot. And you've shown me enough times where like, I, I see the strength in, in sharing like where, maybe where you're not showing up as much as you could or, or where you're feeling challenged or where you're feeling emotionally drained. And, and actually you've been an amazing teacher for me. And even with that negative mindset aspect of like, you know, it's okay to see what's not working. Mm-hmm. It's okay to shine some light on that too. Yeah. Well, as you're speaking, um, I almost think there's this expectation of vulnerability to be a pain story too. Mm. Vulnerability can also be sharing our successes, which many of us don't necessarily feel like we can if we see people around us suffering or if we feel, see people around us in pain instead of elevating the other, we tend to shrink ourselves down so that we can meet them where they're at, so that they're comfortable and then we'll be comfortable and we won't be looked at as being outside of that tribe again. So vulnerability can also be like, I'm doing really well. You know, Mm -hmm. like life is going really, really well. That too kind of opens this like, oh no, now something bad's gonna happen. (laughs) And I know that's true for me. I find, you know, that self-sabotage of like, things are going really, really well. And I'll say that in my mind and right away I'll have to shift it. Mm -hmm. Like, no, 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 this this is where things get taken away. So look at the gap. Okay, what's not working? So we can start working on that instead of having gratitude for what's already there. Wow, that's that's an amazing uh, alternative to look at. I mean, tell a story about the black dot. You get something like it's sort of like a. You oh, know, on like your the, skin. Yeah, yeah. so so talk, Sonia's going to tell a little story about. It's a cultural thing, I think. It's not a religious one. I but, don't really know if it's linked with vulnerability, though. No, but it's just it sort of ties into what you're saying. It's not vulnerability, but it's like, you know, this is so good, so let's blemish it. Right. Right. Yeah, so you'll that, notice. So um, Nick saw some of my. Um, pictures from right after I was born, maybe like a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden I've got black eyeliner on. And it's this tradition where when something is so pure and beautiful that you put a black mark on it so the evil eye doesn't, um, not curse it, but you know, create mm-hmm. some sort of karma around it so that something bad happens. And you it's know- It's like you're drawing too much negative attention mm-hmm. to you because it's just so precious and so and somebody and out there may have some jealousy going jealous, on right. or other things going on which will create um, an energetic mark on that person or that event or whatever or it the is. car even wasn't like even if you buy a new car you just put a black mark on it somewhere that one i don't know oh, okay i think you're making that one up <laughs> i don't yeah. know why i thought it. I, th- I feel like when we were living in taiwan that we we got this new scooter and it was a white scooter and i feel like you said oh we need to put a black mark I on it joking <laughs> <laughs> anyways that's that would just that's what made me think of like yeah. this vulnerability in speaking to the greatness. Yeah. Which is, because yeah. which is so true. And it's interesting. Right, Cause it's that fear of loss of that greatness. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of that Marion Williamson quote. It's our greatest fear is not that, that we are not good enough, but that well, others will see our greatness or something. I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of summarizing what you said. Is there, is there a paragraph you want to read on that? Myth number two or, or? Well, no, I think number three we should go to. It's okay. vulnerability is letting it all hang out. So myth number three. That's myth number three. Yeah, is letting it all hang out. So d- dumping your dirty laundry everywhere. Right. So that is not <laughs> vulnerability. <laughs> that is creating drama within your life. Right. Yeah. 
and and like trying to draw attention to yourself i guess right like a, a negative yeah. attention or victim attention or yeah i know. think it goes back to the intent um mm. the intention like you're saying of why it is that why you're sharing what you're sharing is it for validation right is it to is it contributing in any way exactly so if it's if there's contribution you know you're being authentic and vulnerable if there's no contribution if it's for attention if it's to prove somebody else wrong or prove your point if if you're acting or behaving from a space of ego then mm -hmm. then it's not true vulnerability right or if you're like shaming someone else mm -hmm. or like condemning or like talking negatively about someone else and, and not becoming you know hey i'm just being authentic and sharing how i feel meanwhile well, i'm squashing someone else or something mm -hmm. that could be part of that mm -hmm. um so have you ever done that before mm -hmm. <laughs> well yeah. okay on the topic of vulnerability have you ever done that before have you ever aired your dirty laundry i mean i, I can't think of when you have i mean it's, there's something unique about sonia sonia's like she's so calculated with what she does unless it's like getting now you upset. Make you sound like a manipulator no 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 no, no. <laughs> i know i mean like calculated in the sense that like you're really good at showing up with a lot of composure unless she's angry with me then it's like forget about it she'll just let let the dirty laundry hang out essentially okay. but uh for the most part i think you, you're very conscious with how you speak actually there there has been uh situations where we've had neighborly discussions quote unquote which uh sonia's mama bear instinct comes out in full force and i don't think this is necessarily a discussion on vulnerability but it's it's so you just wanted to bring that i in. just want to bring that in and so maybe that's me airing dirty dirty laundry i don't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> so here's the example <laughs> perfect example but you know yeah maybe maybe i should just stop talking but I think oh, sure, no. no, I I mean I think that that's that was kind of it. It's like you're you're really good at showing up authentically with composure, and you're not likely to to do that kind of thing unless and maybe it's like in close quarters. Like we sometimes show the worst of ourselves to the so, people we love the most. So when you're speaking about composure, though, mm -hmm. that too is is that not also creating yeah like a wall or a boundary around what vulnerability could be. Totally. So you always have to be composed. I think that's one of those other things that we teach children from a young age. Mm. It's like, don't put your elbows on the table. Yeah. You have to be composed. Don't yeah. cry. Don't laugh too loud. Yeah. All the don't, don't, don'ts. And yeah. now here's another one of like, you must be composed all the time. Yeah. Well, do you feel like that that was part of your story growing up, that you had to be composed? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're laughing too loud, don't laugh too loud. Yeah. Oh, the Canucks are winning. Don't scream. We can hear you outside. <laughs> Now, uh, there's a line that my mom always says, and, and it was from my grandma, my great grandma, I'm not sure which one, but it was, it was that children are best to be seen, not heard. Mm -hmm. And it's like, kind of, that was kind of stuck with me, and, you know, and I, yeah, so just kind yeah. of reiterating that. Yeah, so for when that's been the belief or that's been the imprint, it's really hard to show up vulnerable and be not so composed. I mean, I've, I have cried on a Facebook live before because mm. I was feeling very sad about something that was going on oh, in the right. world. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like I was putting my dirty laundry out there, but it was, I could not contain um, the emotions then. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay for people to be able to do that because when we see leaders or we see people in our lives mm -hmm. that we look up to or 
um, really value how they're living and their opinion and we see them authentically feeling, then again, it just gives other people permission to do the same. Yeah. And, and I think we all intuitively know it. You know, I think if we're watching someone and we're being moved by what they're saying, like we can, we can, you know, we tune into that or we're, we're energetic beings. We, we tune into people on so many different levels, not just by what they're saying, the tone, their facial expression, and, you know, their posture. You know, there's so many different ways that we can engage people. And I think that, you know, that's part of that vulnerability and authenticity is it like you can tune into when someone is airing their dirty laundry or when they're, they're showing up authentically. And the interesting thing is, like, say we're watching a movie or a show, and we feel all the feels that these actors are doing such a great job of invoking inside of us. But then when we see it in real life, it's, it becomes uncomfortable. Mm. It's like you almost like, depending on what our story is and how much work we've done on, um, you know, getting rid of some of those layers, we, if we're uncomfortable with vulnerability, we will then react to somebody else's with maybe shaming or guilt or anger or whatever it is but because we haven't worked on our own stuff because we don't like what we're feeling inside right mm -hmm. yeah so we want it to stop as soon as mm -hmm. possible mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. fine when it's on the tv screen right yeah <laughs> but we have to deal with it it's, it's yeah. interesting because you to look away yeah as as like we've experimented and practiced this more in our lives i i now when i, f I feel like i'm better at this now than it was in the past for sure is when I'm meeting a moment of like oh this this might be a hard conversation this might be um you know historically in the past maybe I would just would have avoided it and now there's something that goes off in my head and that's uh, or my heart it's like at the end of the day we just whatever the situation is there's a way through there's a solution there's a there's an opportunity for connection and I think like meeting your moments in life as here's an opportunity for connection and growth, you know, serves vulnerability in such a huge way mm -hmm. because you're not making it about personal gain. You're not making it about an agenda. You're really just genuinely wanting to make a proper connection and seeing if there's a way to elevate a situation. And I think in doing that, you can't help but be vulnerable because you're going to have to empathize with the situation with the person you're speaking to. There's, I don't see any other way around it. So mm -hmm. I think like, there's a way to hack vulnerability, so to speak, if you can take a situation and find a commonality, find a way for connection, or at least see that there's an opportunity to make connection. I think that that can maybe tap us into our vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think. In, yeah, that takes us to the, the fourth myth, which is that we can do it alone. Mm. And so that connection piece, I think a lot of times the block or um, we stop ourselves from getting there because there's been past hurt so maybe you know those of you that are single and have had past relationships where there was hurt it's hard to get into this new space into a new relationship and be vulnerable because there's that fear of feeling that pain again and feeling that hurt again same thing in friendships or any other business ventures whatever it is but we can't do life alone mm -hmm. we learn from one another so that experience that we had where there was pain there is opportunity growth in that too so that we learn what we need and bring that growth into the new relationship yeah this is a, this is such an important topic i mean even just this piece alone is huge because 
you know, what's the, what's a typical guy thing? Guys don't ask for directions. So let's figure it out. You know, you don't ask for help, right? The, the, the default is like, just muscle We've through. Never done that. <laughs> There's no shaming going on here. So. <laughs> the bit that is, I think that's a default pattern. I think we can do this on our own. Like, even in early in business, you know, I remember even afraid to ask for help. You know, because the, oh, there must be a way that I can I can do this alone. And you know, this kind of when you started saying that that those first few lines, it made me start thinking about mentorship. Mm-hmm. Just how like why waste years? Like why waste the stress, the procrastination, the the, the trauma of, of constant self shame and self worth questioning? Like when if you just find someone who's doing something that you want to do or that you know you could learn from and just doing whatever you can to maybe mirror some of the qualities or ask questions. Like, I think that there's such a hesitancy in our culture to ask for help and to really um, be intentional about mentorship. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that too starts at a young age. If you look at our school system and I know things are changing now, like everything was very individual. Mm. And when you got to university, everything's on a curve. So you had to go above the curve to make it. So that competitive spirit started at a very, very young age. Mm. So then when you're being vulnerable and asking for help, it's as if you're admitting that you're not good enough, enough, you can't do it on your own, and now you're asking for somebody else's support. But instead, we have to reframe that, especially in today's world, that now is the time for collaboration. Without collaboration, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's so much harder. It's so much more work. There's so much more pain and suffering. And you have to like go through all these um, ups and downs and you will still have ups and downs even if you're going um, at it with a group or um, have mentorship, at least you have people around you to elevate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how we give away our victories and say, well, the only reason I got that to happen was because that person helped me. Instead of going like, I had the intuition, the knowledge, the confidence, to ask for help and knowing when I needed to ask for help so that I could be vulnerable and say like, you know, I don't really know how to do this part really well. I need help with this. Instead of, you know, putting all the attention on the mentor, why not just acknowledge like, thank you or thank yourself for recognizing where those weaknesses are, where those blind spots are so that you could look for help. And so that, you know, it's sort of like your own internal GPS system took you to the exact message, teacher, book, whatever, to give you the right messages. But we're so quick to give her power away and just put all that energy. Well, the only reason I did that was because that person showed up for me. Well, no, you you actually searched out that individual, that opportunity, and then maybe it was pulled towards you through your your dharma, your your karma, your energy, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So I think so, it's an interesting way to look at it. So then, what are some tangible things? that everyone can do to start practicing being in that space of vulnerability? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, we said it the the last one is that wherever you feel that sense of competition, look for an opportunity for collaboration. Mm -hmm. You know, like find out that person maybe who's at a somewhat same level as you instead of trying to better that person, find out what that person is doing that that works and, you know, talk to them and, and say, maybe there's a chance for both of us to learn from one another, you know, if, it, if it's a person or uh, so I think looking for collaboration versus competition is would be one way 
Mm -hmm. But I feel before we can even collaborate, we have to start asking ourselves questions. Mm. Like start questioning our own beliefs about ourselves and what vulnerability is and what trust is and what safety is and what all those things are so that we can move into collaboration with humility and without a space of ego because now we've done the work to let go. I mean, it's not going to always be gone completely. Mm -hmm. There's going to be triggers. There's going to be things that show up, but there's a work in progress happening and we're constantly questioning. So even if we're in collaboration and a moment occurs that we can question that moment instead of um, thinking that that's our identity and that's who we are. So therefore I don't do vulnerability, but I've got to move on to the next group. Yeah. And and I don't think it's a linear progression. It's probably like, you know, at the end of the day, this is just the whole exercise, I think, is just knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could show up as you in every moment possible, or as many moments as possible, you're you're going to be in a vulnerable place mm-hmm. because you're being that purest or most raw version of yourself, the curious version, that the little version of yourself mm-hmm. that, that you're allowing to, to shine forward. So it's not know. always an easy path either. If there's been oh, a lot no. of trauma, if there's been experiences that are really like we were talking about before, have created those walls around you, but you can start chipping away at them slowly as you start trusting yourself more. Mm-hmm. So as you become more vulnerable, and there's always a knowing inside of our hearts when we're being authentic. So the more you start doing that, the more trust that builds within ourselves. So then we can start trusting our outside world too. Yeah. You know, Robert Greene, he's, he's an author and he writes, he's written a bunch of books. One of the books I'm reading right now is called uh, Mastery. He talks about these three basic phases of, of growth or, or the movement toward mastery. And the first phase is, is like, is initiation. It's kind of where, like, where you're in the middle of like the shit storm or whatever experience is going on. The shame shit show. The shame shit show. <laughs> Love that. Is that, yeah. is that Brene Brown? The shame shit show. Yeah. Like you're in the throes of this challenging experience or maybe you're like, I want to start a business or I'm going to move into a new relationship. It's this initiation phase and then phase two is this apprenticeship phase which is kind of like this rocky roller coaster like there's some highs there's some lows but but the but the piece in this experience is that it's consistency it's just like having an anchor and coming back to it and keeping being as consistent as you can and then there's this sort of like mythological number of hours or 10,000 hours practicing this experience exercise this craft this gift that you want to give to the world where you move into mastery and how i think there's so much truth to that you know it's in in the as he talks about um seth godin talks about this too uh in this it's an apprenticeship type zone where there's this dip it's like where everything's just going wrong like nothing's working and it's like everything that worked before in this apprenticeship phase now is just not working and so it's so common in this experience to go like well, I must be in a dead end. I'm just going to throw in the towel. When just around the corner of, of being a little bit more consistent of like maybe tapping into those feels that are there, um, maybe readdressing the, the shame shit show that, you know, that's maybe resurfacing in this sort of dip phase. And then you, you get to the other side and then eventually mastery is waiting for you. And I think that, you know, like we say, you know, healing's not a straight line. You know, this, this growth process definitely isn't either. And I think we'll move through these different experiences that, that keep pushing us or nudging us or pulling us forward. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if that was necessarily a tool, but maybe like a, a roadmap of discovery of that there may be these different 
places that we get to in in our you know life's experience or, or, or mm-hmm. you know so we've we've got we said collaboration sort of tapping into your the questioning um embracing that that inner you that that um you know know thyself as much as you can mm-hmm. so maybe that's else. that's really the place to start so in our notes we can put a meditation um a kundalini yoga meditation the i am just to give yourself some space and time to start to get to know yourself. Because in the, the noise, the chaos, the life, it's really hard to anchor back in. So maybe starting with your anchor, and then from that place, when you're sitting with yourself, you can start questioning when the thoughts are happening. Or when you're at work, or you're with your kids, or you're with your partner, and a thought shows up, maybe questioning it and asking yourself where where that question that thought is coming from what belief that is associated with and then journaling on that so just creating a bit of a routine about questioning then which will slowly start opening up that trust vault and then you can start being that authentic self that's there so there's there's a way out of the shame shit show yeah you may go back in (laughs) and you pull yourself out quicker yeah yeah so true okay well um i think it's good i mean we would definitely recommend if you haven't already Read the book, Daring Greatly. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about the book? Yeah, read it, watch her TED Talk. I mean, she's great at all her research and just communicating what vulnerability is and how important it is in today's world, especially with everything going on. Mm-hmm. So that's it. See you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited Podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.